Blog Talk Radio.
Happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday. Um, hey, hey, Lee, hey, Lee. Happy anniversary to the ladies of yes, Dad. Yes, six years, y'all. Six years chat room. Uh, let's chat. Been going for six years. Started off on Real Raw Radio with the wonderful Nini Capri and Aaron Bebo. Fresh off. And we have a going from one show a month to now two shows a month. I don't know, more than that, two, four, six, eight, eight or nine shows a month, depending on what we got going on. Um, mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It really is. It it's really it's is. humbling. We we find people that listen to our show, and we don't even know who they are, but they know who we are. And so it's it's really a privilege to be able to 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 have that type of experience when you walk in somewhere mm-hmm. and you say your lady's Leisha, they're like, Oh my god, you're Leisha you know, it's like okay, honey, hey That's why I call everybody sweetie because 'cause I'm really bad with names unless it's it's people I, I, I kinda really know. I'm so bad right. with names. Like, I'll remember faces, right. but I will forget a name. Because I just, my head is always thinking. I'm always doing something. And so I call everybody mm-hmm. Sweetie. I call them Sweetie because that way, I don't have to remember their name. <laughs> and that way, you don't get it wrong. But, Leisha, I just want to say, once again, welcome everybody that's joining us tonight for our Friday night edition of Let's Chat. It's our anniversary. I couldn't ask for a better partner to start this journey and to go through this journey Lisa and I started off, like she said, on River Radio with the one and only Nene Capri and Aaron Bebo. But we have stepped up our game. We have not just uh, become lovers or existing lovers of literature. We just love the arts in general. Uh-huh. And we have met so many people through Let's Chat as well as Real Raw Radio. But mostly since Lisa and I have taken on this journey, We've met so many wonderful people, Leash, that have, like you said, believed uh-huh. in us, supported us. You know, it's far and near. All across the world, Let's Chat, uh, Let's Chat is being listened to. So we appreciate each and every ear that tunes in. And especially uh-huh. our archives, Leash, our archives are just popping. So we appreciate you. Don't ever think that Leash and I take this for granted because, Without you guys, there will be no us here on Blog Talk Radio. So once again, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Tony and I so appreciate you. T, I appreciate you. You know, you are my right hand. Most of the time, you're my left hand. Any direction I want to go, you roll with it, you ride with it. Even if you like, please, that's a little, you still go with it. <laughs> and I, I just really appreciate you. I appreciate you if I put, I'm always giving homework. Anything I, I tell her I want to do, she attempts to to say, okay, Lisa, tell me what you want me to do. Show me what it is, and I got it. You know, and I appreciate her for that. <laughs> you know, lives is not T's thing, but, you know, I, I can get her on a live here and there. We got Let's Chat Live now, um, which it uh, it kind of launched this year, but really it's going to be something that we do consistently in 2020. Uh, what was Let's mm-hmm. Chat Live is, is our live interviews. Now, the radio platform is free, but Let's Chat Live is $20. And you get an hour mm-hmm. interview on Facebook Live. And we just really chopping it up about authors, artists, their passion. This is the thing about passion and, and mm-hmm. a fan base. Um, I'm doing my 
Visions and Books Eat and Greet in February. And this mm-hmm. is my take on it. When you are able to experience an artist, their passion for what they do, when you're able to experience their why, when you're able to experience their raw craft, when you're able to experience them as a reader, as a fan, it gives you more appreciation for what they bring mm-hmm. to that, that particular industry. And we say books because we, we have authors here quite often, and I say this all the time, books is kind of like walking into 31 Flavors. You don't know what you like until you're able to sample it. And as a reader, your sample is through your eyes, your cover, your synopsis, the colors, the way your name hangs. I say this all the time. That is all part of the eye candy for your book. Readers are all about eye candy. Humans are about mm-hmm. eye candy. We, we are desired through our eyes first. So when we see mm-hmm. a book, it's like, ooh, I like that cover. Then you get to meet the author. They get to give you their why. You're like, okay, let me see what it is. So books is kind mm-hmm. of just like walking in the 31 flavors. You don't know what you like until you taste it. And once you taste it, boom, they got you. You know, that content, mm-hmm. once that content gets you, it gets you. Um, somebody was reading Silence of the Nine, and she had posted on Facebook. Now, everybody don't know, but I love T-Styles. Um, and Silence of the Nine, that's my shit. That's my mm-hmm. shit. And so she was. She had put up the cover, and I was like, listen, that book is everything. If y'all have not read Silence of the Nine by T. Styles, y'all are missing out. Let me tell you, from one reader to another, <laughs> um, I love a smooth pen. I love a creative pen. I love a universal pen. Um, and most of the authors that I enjoy have that. Um, that ability just to take you different places. They can take you to a boardroom, drop you on the corner, take you to, to the Bahamas, let you experience Bohemian life, and bring you right back to the street corner. I mean, I, I love that. I love the energy that comes from an author's pen. I love to be able to have that action and that drama. It's just not um, street lit books, even though that's what I enjoy reading. My first street lit book I ever read was actually Wahida Clark's book. Um, and then it was Ashley Antoinette's Moth to, to a Flame. Those were the first two authors um, in the industry that I ever read that wrapped my mind around um, words. You know, before mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to get into a book. And it was funny because I used to be like, I just don't like to read. And a lot of people say that, but it's not that they don't like to read, y'all listen. It's that they have not found that pen. Everybody's pen is not going to get you. Everybody's mm-hmm. pen is not smooth, and everybody's pen is not going to um, wrap you up in that author's world and pull you in. I've read some books where I'm like, see, I'm book bougie. T is book bougie, but T going to give you at least 25 pages. I'm going to give you five pages. After that fifth page, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. then I'm at the end, middle of the book. And then I'm like, mm. then I'm like the end of the book. Now I'm doing that to determine if I'm going to continue to write or, or read the book. You know, if I got to pull out a paper and pencil and take notes so I can remember, I'm nine times out of ten not going to enjoy the book and I'm not going to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. But 
she's going to give you 25 pages because she's an editor. But that editing eye going to come out on page 10. Now she's just critiquing the whole book. <laughs> but we are Book Bougie here. Let me tell you, I, we love the Ethics series. Shout out to Ashley Net. That first page, I have to let her know. That's how you write a book on the first page. Somebody was getting killed. It was going down. I was like, that's, that's what you do. First page. It pulls you in. It pulls you in. That first page, Ethic. Make sure y'all catch the Ethic series. It is a um, a spinoff of Monster to the Flame. The best thing I love, and not just about Ashley Antoinette and her books, because a lot of authors do this. They write multiple series. They take those characters and they place them in different series. Y'all notice that? Mm-hmm. And then what you have to do is you're going to have to go and read all of their books to follow the character. Because a reader, a reader is like a detective. They're better than the FBI and the CIA wrapped up in one. That's why when you write sequels, authors, listen, when you write sequels, please go back and read it. Please go back and read whatever book you was writ- had written before. If it was one book, two books, three books, make sure you read those books. Because your readers, let me tell you, a hardcore reader will be in your inbox like, excuse me, ma'am, um, how's she going to be in the ditch dead when in the other book on page 54, like, they're going to run it all down to you. They're going to run it down to you. They're going to break it down to you. They're going to be like, did you read it? Like, they will politely embarrass you, but readers are cutthroat. They are cutthroat when it comes to their favorite characters, their favorite they favor books, they favor scenarios, they are cutthroat. So the best part about authors are the ones that take those characters. They know that this is a character that's going to grab the reader. They are cocky about the author is cocky about they shit. Cocky. They are <laughs> arrogant. They know. I'm about to take Stan and put Stan in four different books. They're going to read all four of them books. Why? Because they want to know about Stan. Let me tell y'all. Mm-hmm. A reader will go on a mission. They want to know some information, some details. We did this in a group. We were looking for information on Messiah. For those who have read Monster of Flame, you know who Messiah is. Listen, we read like five different books searching for information on Messiah. We needed to know mm-hmm. who, who is his daddy? Where did he come from? Who, who is this? Listen, a reader will go in, so I really highly recommend if you got series, authors, make sure you are rereading those series, know where you're putting people, and put them strategically in other books so that people can go and enjoy your library. That's that's really the best way to bring a reader to you. Make sure Mm -hmm. that you're placing your excerpts. In, in places that are unique to you, not all over Facebook, mm-hmm. not all over Instagram. If you're going to do that, do an audio excerpt, something that is uniquely drawn to you. But if you have a website, and you should have a website, put all your excerpts on a website. Put all your excerpts in your, in your Facebook group that is unique to you, but you have to force people to you. you got to force people to your characters. And so if you have five books, Take those five books and introduce a character and and take that character through the book and and let them watch that character grow. Readers love that. We love when we have crossover characters. We love it. 
if I'm not mistaken, Tice 8 is coming out, and there's going to be a crossover character uh, in Tice 8. Um, I'm just excited. I love books. I love reading, and I appreciate all the all the authors that support us, all the authors that come when I call, all the authors I have the ability to pick up the phone and call. You know, I don't – I interact with authors in a way that the average reader cannot and probably will not. And so – that's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat, to allow readers the ability to to experience the authors the way we do. Mm-hmm. I'm off my soapbox now, awesome. y'all. <laughs> well, everything that you said, Leash, I do echo. And um, just doing this show has given me the ability to just appreciate an author's pen that much more because I see firsthand, up close and personal, what it takes and what it takes from an author to put a book into our hands as readers. And and it's not easy and it's not an overnight thing. So it takes time. It takes creativity. It takes patience on the reader's part, first and foremost, but we so appreciate each and every author that does finish a book and puts it on the shelf or puts it online for us to get. So we thank you for that. Absolutely. And if y'all are in the Georgia area in February of 2020, February 8th, come on out to my my Visions and Books um, Literary Affair, y'all. It's really, I really have to condense it because it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, y'all don't know, it's featured authors that are not even in the promo. Um, that are are coming. I mean, it's it's crazy. I appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I'm trying to make sure I do something for the readers to give y'all the opportunity to experience the author the way I experience the author. Um, mm-hmm. You'll be able to, at the vision party, you'll be able to eat with your favorite author. Uh, you'll be able to laugh, joke, interact, all of that. And, and and through that interaction, you actually will be giving back to your community. The cost to get into the book event is only to bring a school supply. Uh, in June of 2020, I'm doing a backpack drive. And so those supplies will go towards that backpack drive. And a portion of the proceeds of the whole event is going to go to help put that um, event together. But the Visions and Book Party, I really want to be able to – the last one I had, we had a um, – paint and chat and it was really nice authors got to network with authors readers networked with authors it was just a wonderful intimate experience and i want to be able to give that to you guys i appreciate readers i'm a reader authors appreciate you guys and this is really just a way to love on y'all you know and, and introduce you to some authors you never had you know a lot of people are like why um they want to be featured authors, but I already had these authors already picked. And the authors I had picked are actually written down in the book. And I, I picked them because I know what they bring. I know what their pen does. I know the passion behind their pen. I know how they interact with readers, so I know what the reader is going to get when they, they're in that author's presence. And all of these authors mm-hmm. are a presence. They all have um, a badass pen, a smooth-ass pen. And, and they're all different genres. 
It's not just street lit authors. I gave all, we got all different genres just to be able to mix it up so readers can be able to experience a little bit of what they don't have. Kim Heron, I'm sorry, Kim Carter is a, uh, like a suspense mystery author, you know, but her mm-hmm. pen, the detail in her pen is, is right up there. I don't know. I love to watch uh, cozy mysteries like A Murder, She Wrote or, you know, Heart to Heart. That's my stuff, but I love Kim Carter's pen, you know, and I know what she brings mm-hmm. to the readers. And when you interact with her, I know the interaction is going to just make you want to be able to go out and read her book. Um, Blacktop. Everybody know Blacktop. Blacktop got that smooth pen. He real smooth with it, um, but he's really fun, and he has this, this just, explosive character about him you know Nicola Mitchell explosive Nika Michelle explosive y'all have not read Forbidden Fruit I don't know where y'all been listen (laughs) y'all gotta go get y'all some Diablo in your life I mean people don't think I have read I haven't haven't read any of these authors but I literally have read these books I I know what these Mm -hmm. authors are bringing so I know that it's going to be a joy um, and I haven't been talking too long because we got like a full house tonight, y'all. But this is our anniversary. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We're only going to try to give you guys more and more greatness from Let's Chat um, in the years to come. All of you guys who would like to be guests on Let's Chat, no worries. Just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. Um, also, if you want to be uh, the Let's Chat Live, same email for Let's Chat Live. Again, Let's Chat Live is a $20 fee, um, but it's an hour interview and with your fabulous women of Let's Chat. We're going to get on with this show. We appreciate you guys again. You guys know anniversaries. Everybody be all long-winded and things. Everybody got a speech. <laughs> Rodney Perry, he was so good last week. And uh, make sure you hit those archives up because 
He wished us a happy anniversary last week because he was busy, and he took time from his anniversary dinner just to share with us, Lisa. Absolutely. That was truly amazing. So we thank him for that. Absolutely, absolutely. We have a phenomenal show for you guys tonight, y'all. We really do. We have our first guest. We're waiting for her to come in here and click her one. Um, I met her at the... 556 Book Chick uh, Kickback. Mm-hmm. And um, her energy is everything. She is really, really sweet. Um, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. Y'all, I'm just excited all the time. I'm shut up. I'm always excited. <laughs> I'm always excited. I'm always happy. Even, even when shit ain't right, I'm still always excited and happy because I have a lot of things going on. And a, a lot of reasons to feel blessed. So we're going to bring in our first guest, the fabulous okay. Queen Amina. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Evening, 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 everybody. I'm sitting over here just smiling, and your energy is so perfect. How are you? Happy anniversary. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We sound alike, so we have to make sure that we announce who we are, because we do. We sound so much alike. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I was was sitting here listening to the show, and I forgot to click one because I was just so intrigued by what you were saying. Everything you just said about (laughs) spirits and moving forward, even keeping track of your characters, me and my me-mom, and my me-mom's about 86, so you know she ain't going to tell you nothing wrong, was just telling me the same thing two days ago, okay? Two days ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We were talking about mm-hmm. energy and spirits and never looking back because if you're always looking back, how are you going to reach the goals that you set in front of yourself? So y'all are so beautiful Absolutely. tonight. Just making my spirit just pop a tape. How are you, ladies? <laughs> we are good. We are good. We are good. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's true, though. We're going we gonna, to we gonna get into that a little bit in the show. Uh, we talk, about, talk yes. about smooth pins. You definitely have one of those pins. I want you to shout out. Um, just talk a little bit about your literary journey uh, and your work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, for those who don't know, I'm Queen Amina. I am Philadelphia home-based. However, I am no longer a citizen of Philadelphia. I mean, you know, you got to travel and get yourself out there. Um, I started, honestly, writing poetry. Uh, I have three poetry mm-hmm. books out, and my three poetry books are called into the mind of the queen, uh-huh. in the heart of the queen, and the queen has spoken. And the thing was, when I started performing poetry, it was in a really bad time in my life. I was very sad. Um, I had just kind of sort of, I'm going to say ran away from home, but I didn't actually run. I actually just packed the bag and left at 13 because it was just not <laughs> a positive atmosphere. Okay, so um, my writing kept me still going to school, though. I still went to school. At 14, I got my working papers. I was working at McDonald's, and I didn't realize that my words was touching people who were reading them. And my English teacher, I always kept great grades, A's and B's, you know, um, even though I I was kind of living from couch to couch, house to house at 13, 14 years old. um, My English teacher, she had me join the National Literacy Corps because I love to tutor and help others, and I'm very, very articulate. So she said to me, I couldn't even tell that you weren't home-based, you know. She took my poem called I Cried, 
and she entered it in a contest for me. And I won first place, which was a $100 certificate and getting my my poem published in a book of poetry. And from that moment on, I would write poems for people in my high school. The girls would come to me and be like, listen, I read over your shoulder a little bit. Can you write a poem for my boyfriend? I'll pay you. And anybody telling me that they're going to pay me <laughs> at 14 years old. <laughs> I'm going to look at that little bug. <laughs> so I took it a step beyond. I would tell them, you know, sit down, tell me a little bit about your boyfriend. I will write a little bit. I would go to the library because, you know, Philadelphia Public Libraries were free, even though they're closing them down right now, which I'm sad about. I would type up a poem in a nice glyphic, hieroglyphic type of writing, and I would get it um, copied on some type of pretty pastel paper and put it in a little homemade frame, and I was selling them bad boys for $5, okay? So that's how I started mm-hmm. writing my poetry. Now, I've, I've always been a reader, and I've loved, loved, loved to read all types of books. My Angelou, the, the Cage Bird, that was one of my favorite books. But my father, which was interesting, even though we didn't get along, he gave me this book one day, The Coldest One Ever by Sister Soldier. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, you know, read this book. You know, and then my brother, he gave me Be More Careful. So I'm like, okay, which one do I read first? <laughs> so, um, of course, being on the street, I read Be More Careful first. But when I sat down and read The Coldest Winter Ever, I felt like even though she wasn't talking about Philadelphia streets, in a way she was talking about the life that I was heading into. You know, the the I, I dealt with mm-hmm. street men who were selling drugs and doing other things. And I'm just like, wait a minute, I don't want to end up like the Santiago's. I don't want to be so rich and fine. And then they come and shoot me in the face. And this, I can't live like that. So I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, let me, if she can do it and change her life, let me see if my words, since they touch people in my poetry, let me see if they can touch people in a story. And I went to the uh-huh. art store, and you know those, those big old easel boards and the big old easel um, paper? I bought 50 pieces of easel paper, and I took them home, and I laid them on the floor, and I'm only 5'4", so I laid on the floor on top of them. And I said, if I could fill up 50 pieces of easel paper with a story, then this is meant for me. And that is the book I'm holding in my hand right now called If Some Wishes Came True because I wished it and wished it and dreamed it. And when I wrote this book, I started passing it out to people, you know, because basically the book is the opposite of my life. It is a young girl and her sisters and her older brother, and they they come from a great house, a great family, a great background, a great life. But yet this girl still wanted to slang and bang and smoke and joke and drug and whatever she wanted to do until she ended up in jail and had to sit there and think, uh, wasn't I raised better than this? <laughs> do I, did I have to go mm-hmm. through this process of it to know better? And this book, mm-hmm. If Some Witches Came True, actually, at the end of it, she did, she starts writing. Um, kind of combine myself into the book. She starts writing, mm-hmm. and the teachers in the uh, the girls' home that she's in, they kind of put themselves together and say, you know what, let's see what we can do to get her out of here and back in actual school so she can be a graduate and actually walk down the aisle and know that her knowledge is her power and not her features and assets, if you know what I'm saying. So um, uh-huh, uh-huh, that, uh-huh. That, that's what got me doing that. So it, it just, it got me to say, you know what, my literary 
talent is going to be where I go. But I entered, I, I sent my book to a gentleman. Um, I, I know you guys heard of David Weaver Presents. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I sent my book to him, and he was so in love with the book. He says, listen, I'm going to, you don't have to sign any contracts. You just go with me. Um, you just basically, what you're going to do is you are going to um, basically just 50-50 everything, and then your characters belong to me. Which hurt huh? my heart, and I said, "Why would why would my characters belong to you when I created these characters? When uh-huh. this is my story, this is me." And he says, "Well, you know, I've been looking at your pictures, and I think you're gorgeous. So, you know, we just going to work together and see what we can do. And I'll come and see." And at that moment, I said, "You know what? I will find another publishing company that believes in my mental talent, not my physical attributes." And I ended up not working with him. And then I found a family-based business because I said, matter of fact, if you can work with a family-based business, you can you can build as a family. And the family-based business, the husband, when he called me, he says, listen, we believe in you. We want to work with you. But once he – I sent him my book, and his wife was awesome. She created this wonderful cover. But once they gave me the book back and it was a finished product, I realized that they never even took the time to read my book. When I got the finished product back, it didn't even sound like my novel. So I decided to do some research. I went to a business class. I went to an editing class. I went to a marketing class and a promotion class. And trust me, by the time I got done with classes, my ass was tired. And I said, you know what? I'm going to open a family-based company because my sister's right. My mother always wanted to be a writer. My brother writes. My children are editors. I mean, my son's IQ is like, oh, my God, don't even get me started. I have a good friend who works at my job, and she is a great proofreader and a great editor. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to turn the little people that I call family into a publishing company. And then I opened my own publishing company called Show It Well Publications because I felt like that's what we're doing. We're showing it well. We're showing you who we are. And plus, it's a play off my last name. My last name is Showell, for those who don't know. So, you know, I said we're we're showing it well. We're showing them how to be a business, be a family, and work together in a positive fashion. And that's what started me into my publishing company. So then I have my book that you put on the on my on the flyer, Queenie Secrets. I entered a short story contest. And they loved the short story, which was only maybe 15,000 words or something like that. But when they gave it back to me, they said, you know, you came in like fifth. We're only doing the first through third. Something said, if I can write a book from ending to beginning, I am truly in the craft that I need to be in. You know what I'm saying? So the end of the book was already written because I entered it into that short story. And then I had to actually find life structures for my characters. So I started writing backwards. And when I tell you I'm more I'm more proud of Queenie's secrets than I am if some wishes came true because I never thought that anyone could write a story backwards. But what I do when I do write, I write down my characters. I write who they are, who they come in contact with, what their positions are in my story, and that's what kept me going. And when I tell you my editor when she read it she gave it to her son to read, and he says, listen, if True to the Game was written by a woman, you would be the author. And that 
kept me glowing, and now I'm I am I'm looking for more people to actually publish and get out there and just have them be a part of my show at Well Publications family because if I can do it as a 13 year old runaway, okay, I feel like I believe in anyone that has a dream and I want to help them get that dream out there. I don't want to charge them an arm and a leg. I don't want to own their characters or take advantage of their their skill set. I just want to show them that I believe in you because you are taking the steps to do it, what it is that you believe that you can do. So that's who the queen is at this point. Wow. The queen is awesome. <laughs> well, you better podcast <laughs> off, queen. But I just want to go back. Because yes. um, <laughs> True to the Game was written by a man. Yes, it was. Okay, I just want to, to clear that up. The truth of the game was No, no, no. Written it, by it was a written by a man, but what he was trying to say is if it was written by a woman, it would actually be called Queenie Secret. That's what he was trying to say. Oh, he was trying to say. Okay. <laughs> yes. I so, coming from a man, I, and, and, you know, it, it made me feel really, really awesome that a man took the time to sit here and read my book with a little girl on the front with purple words. I tell by well, the fact that he even opened it, I'm just excited. So I am actually working on a trilogy right now. It's called Where the Loyalty Lies. The first part will be out on Thanksgiving. My editor has it now. And I'm telling you, when I tell you I put my foot and my arm and every other part of me into that book, I, I sat up <laughs> nights. It was nights where I was so mad that my butt, made a print on the couch and I couldn't get it out. That's how long I was sitting there <laughs> typing this book. It's amazing. It's called That's Where the Lord Lies. And yes, ma'am. I mean, I, I, listen, my kids will tell you, I would get up in the middle. Of the, if I had a thought that came to me in a dream, I would get up in the uh-huh. middle of the night and run to the computer. Where was I at? Wait a minute. Let me go back. And and literally just start typing and writing and going back to different chapters and filling in parts that I didn't think that was even there because chapter one will be done, but I would dream a certain part of chapter one, and then I had to go all the way back to chapter one and get mm-hmm. and, and add it back to the, to, to the chapter. Like, that's how serious Where the Loyalty Lies is. It, it's 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 just amazing. It's just simply amazing. So, you know, ladies, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I put I put the stew in this one. I put the stew the stew in the tea, okay? Everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Queen Amina, that's this is Tony. And that's exactly what I was saying at the top of our show. You know, since Leach and I have been doing this, we have come to appreciate you guys. And what it takes to put out a book, because it's not easy, and it's a process. I mean, the authors, they live, sleep, and breathe their characters and their plot and their whole book. So you guys put so much into it, blood, sweat, and tears. And and as readers, we so appreciate each and every word you guys write. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. You know what? I'm telling you, I... As a reader, because growing up, I grew up in a Muslim household, so we were always reading something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, didn't, it didn't matter what it is. Um, I, I have all types of genres of books, um, but we were always reading something. And then I would be reading, and, and I never understood, okay, how come this book is 200 pages, and this book is 575 pages with a table of co- I never thought about what it took <laughs> to put into a book, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I had to sit there and could not pull myself away from the book that I was writing. 
you know. So it, it definitely mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. a lot. It definitely takes a lot. So, mm-hmm. but it's worth you it. Mentioned it's the worth it. Words. But a table of contents—that's a serious book, right there, girl. <laughs> yes. Listen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. My sister, she writes erotica, and when I tell you. Her book is, I just put it underneath my company, Show It Well Publications. I actually, you know, I, I do, listen, I was a single mom for a very long time. Her book has two parts. The first book is about 300 and something pages with a table of contents. The second book is about 500 and something pages with a table of contents. So now i got a special going on. If you order both parts, we send you a free bullet because it's that severe reading her book. I'm so, so serious. But because mm. it's on the show at Well Publications, I got to put it out there. It's called Angel's Memoirs by my big sister, Arthur Jade. So please inbox me for that. <laughs> so. You better go ahead on and do your branding, girl. Talk that song. Ain't no wrong with you. That's why you on the radio. You already, hey, listen. Yes, ma'am. Listen. You already know. <laughs> Everything yes. you got going on, you're supposed to be like, and then this, and then go right back to your book, and then this, and then go right back to your book. That's right. Yes. Yes, yes. Just like my just like my other author. <laughs> Listen, I'm going I gotta promote everybody that's on show at World Publications because like I said, we are all a family and, and, and we treat each other as such, you know, and what I call I call him my brother. He went to jail and I guess he had a lot of time in solitary and he thought about what is what the world would be like without racism, without man made diseases, if black people weren't slaves. And he wrote a book, which he did not entitle. I entitled it myself called Lessons Through Time. Because he said, listen, the fact that I wrote the book, I did good. I said, you sure did. Give it to me. I'm going to handle it for you, boo. So <laughs> I took that book. Yes. So I took that book and I entitled it Lessons Through Time and I gave it. Through, I gave it to my graphic designer, and on the cover there is a slave woman looking towards the city, and there is a boy mm-hmm. from our current time with his bat, with his hat to the back looking towards slavery. When I tell you this book is awesome, these young men, one minute they were at their senior prom, the next minute they accidentally stepped into a time machine, and they were slaves. They were watching slaves get hung, mm-hmm. beat, whipped, everything. They figured out how to get back and forth through that time machine. When I tell you they gathered up a crew with some old military men and some young whippersnappers that didn't care, but they just wanted some guns in their hand, and they went back and changed mm-hmm. time in this book. In this book, by the end of the book, the girl who told them, she, you know, was always an advisor in the book, and this girl advised me, she said, listen, the master. <laughs> she said, listen, master. Yes, and that was an advice in the book that lets you know you're about to fuck up now. So she let them know. Like, listen. <laughs> she said, master and rape some of these people. So therefore, some of your friends might disappear if you go messing with time. And that's what she explained. Well, at the end of the book, when they came out the time machine, she was standing there crying. And she explained to them. She said, I don't know what you did when you went back in time, but AIDS doesn't exist. STDs don't exist. People can be with any race, color, creed that they want to, and everybody is so happy and so loving and so caring and so welcoming. She said, don't get me wrong. There are people that still have attitude problems, but there's no senseless crimes. Police aren't killing people in the street. Just them changing. And the only thing they really did in the book is they went and they took out all the slave owners and anybody that sold a slave, owned a slave, 
thought the word slave, they took you out in that book. So nobody grew up knowing what a slave was, okay? And this book is called Lessons Through Time, and it's by Madafa Lindsay, but it's under Show It Well publications, and I do specials. If you order two novels, you get one for free, and that's what I do. Or if you want a poetry book, I'll throw one in there, too, but you got to order two. And you can find that on Show It Well publications on my Facebook page. Just click it, like it, inbox it. I'm always there, all times of the night, okay? So, I mean, I'm telling you, I found people who have so much to say. I have a young lady who just signed to me, and she said her family was one of the first black families to graduate from Maryland College. They were slaves, and they told the slave owner, you know, if you free us, not only will we go to college, we will make sure our children go to college. So she's actually still researching her background. Her name is Miss Anita Purvis. Anita, I love you. She is still researching. And I love a person that takes the time to research before they just start writing. Okay? I, I love that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. She is, um, right. She'll be right. out by the end of next year. She'll be out by the end of next year. So I'm excited about her. I'm just excited, period. You know, I feel like this is a good time. You know, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that we get out positive words. You know, I'm I'm not against anybody's type of writing, but I'm just not. The way, the way I am as a reader and the way I am about life, I'm just so tired of the side chick that stepped in and stole your man books. I don't know. I think they've been done. I think they've been all been done. And I, I read them myself. They're entertaining on the train and on the bus. But if that's all we passing down to our children, don't you think at some point that's all they're going to know? Because they do read. Well, mm-hmm. I will say this because. Yes, ma'am. Streetlit has been around since Cordelia the Crude. You know, it's just been called something mm. different. Side chicks mm-hmm. have been around. I don't know if you've read the Douglas Women. Uh, Frederick Douglass had a side chick, and I mean, she was a little, she was a little disrespectful. But I mean, it's it's Ooh. something that has gone on for so long, but it just has evolved in different ways. Um, and okay. a lot of times, you have a lot of authors that really write about their lives. Um, but every author does have a signature. They have their own authentic yes. signature that sets their pen apart yes. from others. Now, I will say, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. covers, titles, I'm not here for some of them. And sometimes your title will discourage people from reading your content, no matter how dope yes, your pen is. you got to yes, package ma'am. it right. Yes, ma'am. You are so right. You are so right. There are so many stories that people tell me, you should read this book, but then I look at the cover and I'm like, no, thank no, you. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I shouldn't read it. I'm a, it's going to make me mad. I see that. No, no, I'm okay. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I'm going to pass yes. on But, I mean, yes, you told ma'am. me it was good, so I take your word for it. It was good. Yes. Yes, you know, and, and that's one thing I, I was saying, too, how much of the synopsis, and I've, I've learned that a lot of people have stopped reading the synopsis of the book as well. They just like, okay, your synopsis didn't go with the story, and it's like, wait, it didn't? Hold on. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, there's a lot of factors now that make me, what I don't do, Um, I used to read the reviews, but I'm starting uh-huh. to realize that some people 
they will just put any type of review. And, and plus there's companies, because they inbox me all the time, they will do 100 reviews for you for $150. So they won't even read the book. They'll just put up 100 reviews. So I don't read the reviews anymore. I actually have to go in and flip to a chapter and read a few pages, and that will let me know if I want to read that book or not. Huh. Little, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can catch you if you have any events yes. coming up. Uh, and make sure you remind everybody about your books and when they're coming out. Definitely, definitely. I want to thank you both, ladies. You are amazing. It was beautiful to meet you in person in Atlanta. You are wonderful. Let's chat. Thank you so much for having me. Again, you guys, I'm Queen Amina. You can find me at Show It Well Publications on Facebook or Queen Amina on Facebook. I also have a show myself called Amina Amazing Mentors, Independently Nurturing Artists every other Thursday night. I'm live on my Facebook. I'm also live on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is called The Queen Speaks. Do not forget, If Some Wishes Came True and Queenie's Secrets are my first two novels. And if you inbox me, you will definitely get a special or a deal, especially if you tell me that you listened to the show tonight. I have three poetry books for all my poets out there, Into the Mind of the Queen, in the Heart of the Queen, and the Queen Has Spoken, and I have a fourth poetry book coming out, and it's not coming out till February. It's called Inner Soul. My next novel is actually a trilogy called Where the Loyalty Lies, and the first part of it, mm, get you some, is coming out on Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> also, I have a young man by the name of Madafa Lindsay, and his book is called Lessons Through Time. That book is a definite read, read, must read. And I want to thank you guys again for having me. Show it well, publications, or just Google me, Queen Amina. I pop up everywhere. I swear to God, I'm Googleable, and I love the fact I can say that. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. Oh, and on Instagram, Queen Amina 26 because that's my favorite number. I appreciate y'all, and I love y'all to death. Deuces. Aww. Absolutely. I'm getting ready to go over there and follow her now. I'm following you, Miss Queen Amina. <laughs> Yay. See, I love now. that. See? I love y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We appreciate you. Absolutely. We want you to continue to listen to the show if you can. If not, we want you I to sure have will. a fabulous evening. Thank you so much. Thanks again. <laughs> I, oh, love I love her it, energy. Lisa. I love it. I, I just love it. And speaking of energy, we have our next guest. Let me tell y'all, some of these authors don't spoil us. Let me tell you, we have to do no promo. They was all mm-hmm. point, okay? Listen. Mm-hmm. Just just a little tip. When y'all are doing interviews, events, whatever it is, let your people know where you're going to be and when you're going to be there. Right. If nobody comes to your table, you cannot get mad. If nobody calls into your interview, you cannot get mad. Because you did not That's let right. your people know where you was going to be. But Lola, mm-hmm. let me tell y'all, Lola had it together. Lola had it together. 
we waited for Lola to press her her ones to bring her on up in here. Let me tell you, Miss Lola, she had it together. <laughs> and hey, her people Lola. were right there with her. Yeah. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, how are you, love? I am doing great, great. Loving the energy. show this evening so I told as many people as I could Instagram, Facebook word of mouth make sure that they tune in to this wonderful wonderful platform Yes. now you gotta tell everybody about your literary journey and your work so they can get a little bit little taste of Miss Lola G a little taste of Lola G my name is Lola G I am from South Philadelphia, born and raised. I am the fourth oldest of five sisters. So you know, all girls, wait a minute. But it made me the strong, (laughs) beautiful woman that I am today. And being Mm -hmm. the fourth oldest of five girls, um, I was actually very shy and quiet. So that's what made me put pen to paper to be able to express myself in what I call Lola's world, because the outside world at times is very intimidating, and it's, it was hard for me to speak up. So when writing, I can get out all the things I want to say. So when my older sister pulled my hair and I'm too scared to be like, wait a minute, don't do that, I can write it down, and on the page, I didn't beat her up. She done got it. <laughs> but in real life, I, I just really did her chores. You know, I took out the trash for her, cleaned the table, because I was too scared to step to her. But on that paper, oh, she got a good one. Uh-huh. So that was my, my way to release. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Growing up, especially, you know, in high school, I was really quiet. And like I said, in Lola's world, I could just be who I want to be. I think at one point when I was about 14, I was flying. It was on pages, though, mm-hmm. you know. So and then it was just a way for me... <laughs> That was just a way to me for me to be free, and writing really, really helped me through a lot of um, depressing times. You know, teenagers, we all go through the motions, motions that we shouldn't go through, but everything is a big deal. Oh, my gosh, I broke a nail. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the world. I can't get a refill. So, oh, woe is me. I can't mm-hmm. go to school. Everything is major. So as I got older and raising my children and seeing what they were experiencing, because, you know, times change. So my little broken nail for them then turned into a broken wrist. So their pain was more intense as to what I was feeling. So um, seeing, you know, what all the youngsters went through helped me put pen to paper for a pretty duplicity. And Stacy, the main character in the book, she's a high schooler going through the motions and seeking outside love and not really trusting herself and her judgment and outgoing but insecure so 
I see a lot of young girls dealing with that and not knowing how to ex- express it. And in Stacy's case, she was kind of running through them, but at the end, she realized that, you know, things happened to her that she really didn't understand mm-hmm. until she actually found love. And with that love, it confused her because she's so used to men taking advantage of her. And mm-hmm. when she finally got to that point, it was like, whoa, what happened? And it does touch on some molestation that she's been through, um, trying to deal with that and coming out with it. And like I said, I've seen a lot. I have two biological children, but I've raised a lot. I have a village and I love them all as if I raised them and just different stories and seeing their struggle. I put a lot of the pain and struggle that I saw them go through into pretty duplicity, trying to reach the youth and open up and trying to make the youth stronger as long as well as the parents to bridge the gap so that a lot of us can get Mm -hmm. things out in different ways because some people don't have an outlet of pen and paper. Some people don't know how to put it down. So the purpose of me, you know, writing Pretty Duplicity and putting myself into it that way is to reach out and help. I like to reach one, teach one, and just keep the village together. I just, I love love, and that's what I'm trying to put out there. And that's a little bit about me, Lola G. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And um, this, this whole journey has been crazy because opening up with some of you know because when you put pen to paper you have to be open so that because I want you to feel the pain and then I want you to be mad at her because it's like okay I done been there why did you choose left when you should have went right come on now it's like the girl falling in a scary movie and you yelling at her no get up stupid go get the car you know so Mm -hmm. that's you know it was hard for me opening up to put that out but I needed to open up because this is a a quiet thing that people know about, but don't address. And I just wanted this book to be able to give those people that have a muted voice something to read and say, hey, I can be as strong. Maybe I can speak about it and I can learn my form of release and communication in a healthy way and not be out there Mm -hmm. acting a fool. I'm glad that you said that too, because I think that growth is very important. And I don't know if you listened at the beginning of the show, um, but growth is very important. And sometimes you have to think about the why. You have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I upset? Why? Why? Because some of that is ego. And when mm-hmm. you think about text, you think about text, we get so infuriated about text. We get so infuriated mm-hmm. about words, but words have no emotion. You have to put right. the emotion to the word. So nine times out of ten, if you text something, depending on your emotion or the mm-hmm. the person's emotion receiving that text, it's going to be a, insensitive or offensive, depending on how they're receiving it. If people have a whole mm-hmm. lot going on, when they read that text, it's going to be offensive. It's going to be insensitive, and they're going to that's how they're going to feel. Uh, but growth is very important, and you got to pay attention to, to the things that you do and why you do them. You know, the, when you send out a text, you got to think about you can't control how somebody receives your words. You can't do that. But you can try your best to make sure that you are always checking yourself at all times. 
What are some of the things that you do uh, in your growth process to make sure that you are staying and keeping Lola on track? Keeping Lola on track is an everyday headache, only because I'm human. And I'm like I said, I'm, I'm used to going left. I'm used to being sheltered. So writing and putting pretty duplicity out there, it, it's helping me, interviewing with you guys. And listening to the introduction, I was so excited because of the energy that you gave. And what's helping me with my growth is trying to find and match the positive energy that you receive from others. I focused so long on the negativity that I realized it was stunting my growth. I can't change what happened. I can just Mm -hmm. learn from it, deal with it, and grow. It's supposed to teach me, not hold me. So that's something that I'm doing now to try to continue growing because I know that I am a lovable, beautiful person. I know that now because I grew to see it. So I'm just trying to continue to match the the energy, stay positive, stay focused, and I still jot things down because I may have a moment, you know, we're all women, and we go up and down. So one minute I'm laughing and I'm your best friend, but you start chewing your food too loud and now I'm ready to just jab you in your throat. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) So (laughs) so it's like, where did that come from? So I'm learning my little triggers. Okay, don't sit near her when she's eating salad. You know, things like that. And I'm just paying attention <laughs> on my own <laughs> so that but I can make sure. That's it's, it's real. Because you, you can breathe hard sometimes. Listen, and your, it triggers get you. your, <laughs> your triggers is your issue. So nobody else got to tiptoe around you. So you, you know what your triggers right. are. It's your job to keep, keep yourself in in. In order, and so when you like, yes. I don't know if I'm gonna sit right there. That that might not work out for four hours. I don't know. I can't. I, I let me find me another seat because you already know you're keeping yourself yes. and your energy, and you have to protect your energy at all costs. Now, energy never dies, but energy right. is transferable. I don't want nobody yes. bad energy, and if I'm having bad energy, I don't want to put it off on nobody else. You know, I could be having right. a bad day, but I don't want to make nobody else day bad. So let me just go and say to myself while I'm having my moment. Yes. Now, if you yep. step let into me my, my lane, lane. Yeah. Now, if you step into my <laughs> lane in the moment of that moment, what you Ooh. get is what you get. How you That's get it is, is how you get it. That's what it is. And I'm so nice, though. I'm going to, I'm going to, are you okay? I'm going to give you a Band-Aid when I'm done. But I told you, I had all my hazards. I was calling you in like a plane, letting you know, no, danger zone. And then you chose to come. So, so yes, you definitely have to learn the triggers or you just, I'm a force to be reckoned with. And I really, I don't like being like that because I am empathetic. Mm -hmm. I really am. Yeah. So if y'all start crying right now, I'm crying with you. I'm like, why are we crying? What happened? You know, but then I can switch it off and be mad and be like, wait a minute, who that made you mad, though? So I'm really learning the triggers and keeping positive energy is just, it's amazing. And I never realized how great that feeling is when you do have positivity. And the support that I've gotten with Pretty Duplicity it's, it's giving me like a, a positive energy high just to keep writing, 
because, you know, some people mm-hmm. have reached out to me like, well, wait, what's going on with this? And you can't do it like this. Well, what happens next? So, okay, there'll be two more books. Just, did you get the message of the first one? You know, are you watching mm-hmm. people's mm-hmm. energy and clues that you love so that yes. you can see, wait a minute, yesterday she was sad, and now when she's around this person, she's a little too happy, but it's an awkward mm-hmm. happy. Like, you have to look for the little cues. So yeah. that's the, the energy that I'm trying to draw in and try to stay positive and not so, um to make up my own word, if it is maybe triggerish, because I'm very, the trigger is is quick with me. So now that I can realize that I can stop and breathe, and I actually mm-hmm. jot it down. You know, and thank goodness for smartphones because it's always at your fingertips. So I'll just pull up the document and say, look, this bothered you here. How can you express that? Because I know other people go through the same thing and may not even see their uh-huh. triggers. Absolutely. So that's why I love Pretty Duplicity because Pretty Duplicity is going to trigger you. It's going to do some things to you um, with the young-mindedness of the main character, Stacey. Uh-huh. You know, she she went from zero to 100 quick, and then it's like, well, wait a minute. Why are you mad at me? Chick, because you just cursed me out for 35 minutes over the year. And <laughs> now you want me to be your friend. <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> that's, that's the best part about authors, though. That's the best part about a reader. Most most authors are triggerish. Most of them are. Yeah. That's how they come up with these dynamic characters. And so when we get a character, when we get the tr- we get the cry on page five, now we mad mm-hmm. at everybody on page twenty five. You give me a sign, <laughs> I don't see your man on page eighty seven. You like, uh huh? Yeah, they sneaky. You just all in. You mad at your kids at the end, and then all of a sudden yes. you're happy again. <laughs> yes, yes, you happy, but then you're like, well, wait, I need more, though, because, like you said, on page right. 87, this had happened, but by 92, I forgot about that part. So okay, it's just, right. like you said, just now in the intro, it's like, okay, I need more, I need more, and be in my inbox, tell me. Tell me, you know, what you said, because that means that it triggered you, it hit something, you saw something, because now I'm going to ask you back, okay, well, what did you think about this page, though? Did you get that message? So I just want to open up the dialogue with the content uh-huh. of Pretty Duplicity because there are so many muted voices scared to speak up on what they are going through and what they are experiencing. And then you want to act out. And when the bad punishments come, God forbid it's prison, it's death, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen when back on page 55, you could have just opened up and spoke to someone and you didn't have to get the end of your story the way that it turned out in a negative way. So I love the fact mm-hmm. that putting pen to paper causes that for some readers. And if it don't reread it, it's a good read because it's going to trigger you the second time because you might have missed something the first time because you were looking for a certain mm-hmm. thing. So just open your mind and open your heart because then you can see it on a page and you can see it on real life. And I was raised in the era where it really took a village. If you went out your house and mama said you couldn't be out past the streetlight and the block captain saw you, you got a beating from both of them. Get some act right. Be respectful. And it kept us in line. You never wanted to just sit on the step. But when I was sitting on that step because I was on punishment, I would write. And I would have my own playtime on my pages. And that was a good release. And it kept me out of trouble. So I'm just trying mm-hmm. to reach one, teach one unmute the voices of these youngsters because they are going through it and don't know how to express it at all. Absolutely. And and it's well, so true. I'm glad that you said that because there's so many things in this in society that binds our mind. 
we just bound. We're bound by our mistakes. We're bound by bad choices. We're bound by good choices. I mean, everything has to bind you up. And it shouldn't be that way. You can't. You have to be able to think clear, and you have to clear clear out some of that bondage that you have created for yourself and that other people have created for you. Go ahead, T. I heard you. <laughs> no problem. Um, Lola, this is Tony. I just want to go back just a little bit in your journey because you say you started writing early because you were quiet and shy. And um, that was your best way to express yourself. And, and I think at an early age, you learned the power of words. And do you feel that at that early age, writing and putting down all your expressions and emotions and just where you would like to be, did it play a role in how you approach pretty duplicity? And did it help you put down to pen to paper what you felt others may be experiencing as well as yourself? Definitely, definitely. With all of the, the, the shyness and the timidness and acting like I was something that I wasn't. Um, right. I can say that I'm loved by everyone in my family. And that's not just a brag and mm-hmm. boost because I am even then the, the party starter. I'll come in, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? But back then it was so fake. But nobody ever knew that. Mm-hmm. I put on this persona mm-hmm. that I felt everyone wanted me to be. So when it came mm-hmm. down to writing Pretty Duplicity, I wanted to try to capture that on the page. I wanted to show that Stacy is all outgoing and is like, hey, how you doing? When she's just really begging mm-hmm. for love and attention and she needs closure for what she had been through because she never spoke up about it. And she has outlets. Her relationship with her older brother is awesome. She still didn't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. telling him. So I did kind of put some of that into the main character, Stacey, because I know for a fact that a lot of young girls are experiencing that today. You know, you have peer pressure. You have social media pressure. It's just so hard for even young guys, too, for them to express themselves mm-hmm. the way that they should. Like, who cares that you're 12 playing with dolls? If you still want to do hair and play with doll babies, girl, that's your choice. Be a child as long as you can. Don't watch mm-hmm. this adult world because once you're here, you can't go back. You know, so Bad. I tried to be really... Like, mm. Yes, and because we all know if we could turn back and finish playing in the sandbox and I had to pay these bills, then we are in that sandbox. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm building sandcastles all day. <laughs> you know, like playing Legos the morning at 4 o'clock. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 my own experience as, you know, feeling timid and quiet and bashful and trying to put that into pretty duplicity to show that not every child is what you think they are. They are going through something. And I think as adults, sometimes we do forget that we were once teenagers and you forget to relate with your child or the young one in your house or the young one on the block who may be having problems with their mom. And if you see that, just re- hey, I remember that time. It gets greater later, youngin. You're going to be all right. Come holler at me anytime we can sit out here and talk. 
not on weird stuff, just to let you know that I am here for you, I see you, I hear you, and that's what I needed. And that's what I'm trying to put Mm -hmm. out there in the Pretty Duplicity series that the young ones need love because what happens to you when you're younger, it trickles over, and you don't want to deal with it when you're 30, 40, 50 years old. So capture it when it's young so you can actually live a happy and outgoing life. So, yes, I did use the experiences in in my journey with writing to put it on paper for pretty, Pretty Duplicity because I really, my heart aches for the youngsters. I think they call them millennials. You know, and I, I don't like using that term because it groups them into that stereotype. They are uh-huh. just children looking and searching and trying to find themselves. So why not help them and say, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be different. Just live right because what you do now, it affects you later on in life. So that, that's, that's what, right. you know, I try to portray when I when I open up and write. And, and that's so true, so true, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. We have a hand up. Do you mind taking a call? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Let's do it. All right, we got nine one two three three four. You are live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, how you guys doing tonight? My name is Jay. I'm calling from Georgia. Hey. Hello, Jay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, ladies? How are you? We are good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get in on this conversation real quick, if you would have me. Come on in. Sure. Let's get it. Well, okay. Well, this is a very important thing, though. What I would like, you know, what I would like women to do these days is realize that when you're dealing with a man and when you're dealing with a a woman that looks like a man. Because what I've learned is that um, a lot of these new guys, you know, especially these new generations, they they have um they've adopted their mother's mentality. They, they got their mother's identity. So therefore, you're dealing with a man that's very masculine on the outside. They got all the attributes. They might even have a good job, but but they think like a woman though. So therefore, when you get in a relationship with them, it's kind of like two lesbians. You know what I'm saying? So it don't ever huh. work out because yeah, it's a mental thing though. And, and women and men always look at things as the physical, but I I like to look at things as the spiritual, you know, and the mental though. So what I've learned is that. Most most women these days think that their men mentally act like women mentally, so therefore, it's kind of like things don't work out so much anymore. There's nothing long term. It might last uh-huh. a few months, few weeks, a few years, whatever though. But it'll never last a lifetime because it it ain't the natural state of things. It's not the natural order that we was given. You know what I'm saying? So this is a it's a uh-huh. deep topic. But uh, I'm just tired of women falling for these guys that are so masculine on the outside, but they actually think like the you know they think like a woman or they got their mother's identity. I'm sick of women falling for these uh-huh. guys because it is actually messing the women up mentally. Though you dig what I'm saying, they're messing them up mentally. So therefore, these women uh-huh. deal with these guys that are very masculine on the outside, but inside they think like their mothers. So therefore, when the woman get with them, it's beautiful for a while, but then it ends uh-huh. up taking a deep left turn because they end up learning the man's mentality. And they realize that oh, he think like his mother, and whatever happens, he has a woman's mentality, even though he's very masculine. Uh-huh. And I need uh-huh. I need men to step up. I need men to step up and be men again. I need them to step up, you know, to, mm-hmm. and and let women know uh-huh. what a man really is. You know, women are emotional right. by nature. Uh-huh. Women have anger by nature, but a man is supposed to be calm. He's supposed to be logical. So when you you deal with these thugs and these gangsters and all these people in the streets that act like they tough guys. 
They think just like their mother do. They got a very red, uh-huh. red. Uh, they got a red identity in their head, so that when somebody says something to them that they don't like, they they overreact. They, like a woman, uh-huh. but they don't. They overreact. They get in trouble. They go to jail. They end up in a uh-huh. fight. Men don't think. Men don't do that. Men are right. logical. Men over. Men overcome uh-huh. situations. You know that they're logical about it. They don't get emotional to a situation like a woman would do. Right. And it's not. Uh-huh. And, and this is not no stab at women. This is what they right. call human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You don't argue the fact that women by nature are more emotional than men are. They can't fight argue it. It's nature. So uh-huh. nowadays, I respect for women, though, because nowadays you're dealing with a generation of men uh-huh. physically, but inside uh-huh. in their mindset, they think like their mothers. So, therefore, you're, you're really their mothers when you get with these guys. Uh-huh. They're very emotional. They don't know how to handle you. And as soon yeah. as the, the the moment that you find out that he can't handle you, when you, cause a woman's supposed to challenge a man, that's uh-huh. how it's supposed to be though. But when you deal with a man that cannot, that can't handle the fact that you challenge them with logic, uh-huh. so they get emotional like you would do in that situation. Now you just you're not attracted anymore, and therefore now, uh-huh. and, you know it's subconsciously though, because a lot of women don't know these things. Subconsciously, uh-huh. when that happens, but like women lose respect for their man. Because now they think, oh, my man thinks like a woman do. There's no man in my life. Like, who, who is he supposed to be? He can't lead us. He's an emotional. He's an emotional wreck. Dude. He overreacts to things like I would do. Who's the man? Like, you no. Know, so therefore, uh-huh. women they lose respect for their men when they do that. Uh-huh. So I would tell men, but you got to be men, though. You got to you got to understand that men are supposed to be logical and calm right. in situations. They're not supposed to be right. emotional and get angry quickly and overreact to situations. We're supposed to be uh-huh. there to help the women and children get out of that mess so we can right. bring them under a strong structure mm-hmm. that will keep uh-huh. them out of harm's way and that will keep the whole family straight. But for some reason, along the last 60 uh-huh. years, um, people have lost that entire role. Therefore, now that, uh-huh. now we have the mess we deal with today, though, which is a bunch of cheating, a bunch of divorce, uh-huh. and a bunch of sex. Right. That's what we do with Ditto because mm-hmm. people have that role has has been completely lost. And hey, can't nobody name, argue baby? with me about it. Oh yeah, what, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, my name's Jay. I'm babbling, but I, I'm passionate about. Are you okay, Jay? <laughs> but I got yeah. I just got a question for you because I just you 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 yes, covered ma'am. a whole lot of stuff. You covered a whole lot of stuff. I just got a question for you. Um, yes, how can a man know how to be a man? If there's been no man around to show him what to do, and before you answer, I'm just saying, there are a lot of single mothers in society. They don't even have to be black mothers. There's a lot of single mothers in society making sure that they are raising these men, and not every man raised by his mother is emotional. An emotional man, nine times out of ten, is a broken man, a man that has emotional things on the inside that he don't know how to deal with because he only had one side of what he needed to grow. He didn't have that nurturing that comes from his father. He didn't have any men in his peripheral vision to show him how to be a man and what a man should do. He didn't have no examples because, see, a man needs an example. You just can't tell a man how to be a man. You have to be able to show them. So if there's nobody showing them how to be, how do they learn how to be? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good question. That's what I'm saying is the fact that you know, I know uh, for, the last six, for, for, no, for the last six or seven years, I yeah, want like, to know like, what you know, your answer is. How can oh, a man I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to learn that. how to, to be that. a man? Okay, go right. ahead, baby. Yeah, I mean, the answer is very simple, right? So you, we could all agree with this. 
the answer is a marriage, a husband, a wife, and their children. That's what the answer is, though. You did, but nowadays, uh-huh. for the last sixty or seventy years, single motherhood rate has has es- has elevated at such high rates that uh, you got a bunch of men being raised by women, and they do the best that they can. Shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? They do the best that they can, but but they're not men. And I think women forgot that along the way. They, they, I think that they feel like that they are men because they're able to succeed in society like what men really? would do. You know what I'm saying? But, but 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 they're not men though. And I don't I don't believe mm-hmm. in this whole thing about strong women. I believe it's just weak men. Really? If men were so, men, women wouldn't have to think that they were strong women because if men were men, it wouldn't uh-huh. be like that. It's just weak men. There's no such thing as a mm-hmm. strong woman. A woman is a woman. Really? They, they play their role very well, and women are very – they're able to do things that men cannot do and vice versa. So, uh-huh. therefore, when women lost when women lost their love for being a woman and they started having really? to think like a man because fathers, weak men that they was dealing with, left them when they was pregnant and didn't want to raise uh-huh. it because women were dealing with weak men and all these things happened. What happened is women started to feel like they were such a thing like strong women. No, that's not true. Uh-huh. It's just that there's weak men. If men were men, really? women would women would love their role as a woman. They would love it. They used to love it back in the day, though, 67 years ago, they used to love it, but when all that happened, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays women really do think that they're men, and they're always in competition mm-hmm. with men, so therefore they can't never hold down a relationship because they're always right. competing, whether it be financially, whether it be mentally, whether it be the the try to be the who who's the head of who. It's always a competition, though, you did, because yeah. everybody, the men and the women, lost their role. So therefore everything's out of whack right now. And it blows my mm-hmm. mind the fact that if you have an umbrella, like if your great-great-grandparents would tell you that, hey, having a husband, and your grand, your great great grandfather would tell you that having a having a wife is something that kept our children, you know, from doing whatever. And it, you know, they uh-huh. had this structure in the house. You know, you know, the, the man was the head of the woman. The woman was, you know, it, it's it's a trickle down effect from God and Christ, Christ and man, uh-huh. man of a woman, woman over children. It's trickle down effect. So all that stuff uh-huh. happens. But but what happened is lately though. Over the last 60 years, women really believe that they're men now. They really believe really? that they can compete with men. Yo, no, no, tell you, they really believe that they can compete with men because they have good jobs really? and things. But if you, but if you ask the woman to go work on an oil rig out in the deep sea, you, you know, don't think women work on oil rigs? No. Okay. Very, very, <laughs> probably one percent of the whole population is very rare. It don't happen. Yeah. But you just hmm. okay. I just. Uh-huh. That's very interesting. I, I Go ahead, say, have at it. No, I just want to say Jay has brought up some great points, um, Jay, and that's like a whole nother show. And I know we have guests online. Our next guest is actually online, and we have to wrap up Miss Lola. But um, he raised some great valid points, Leash, and I, and I would like uh-huh. to delve into it further because I do have some comments on it, but I know we're pressed for time, Jay, so you have no, gotten the creative do. juices flowing over here yeah. and let's chat. So we're going to have to revisit this. So we do thank you for calling in, and you have given us something um, to either talk about and to uh, wrap, a, wrap a show around. So we thank you, and we hope that you well, tune in when we do bring that show to life. Call, though, and I, pre- I appreciate you listening to me, though. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> hang up in my face, you dig, but I appreciate you listening. And I also appreciate uh-huh. the fact that you are thinking about it. I'm just here to plant a seed, baby. I ain't here to tell Absolutely. you nothing about your life. I'm just here to say well, something that's true. Well, we thank you. Believe it, believe it, and those who don't, don't. I can't help them. Absolutely. That's all you can do. Well, mm-hmm. we thank that's you, right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, thanks for coming. Yes, yeah, so you're very welcome. Have a great evening. You too, now. Okay. okay. All right. That was very interesting. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. Indeed. 
Well, Lola, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. We want you to shout out all your social media, uh, any events you have coming up, and where everybody can get your books. Definitely, and thank you for having me. You can follow me on Instagram at Lola underscore G, G-E-E underscore author, on Facebook at Lola G. And Saturday, November 16th, from noon to 3, I'm so excited. It is my very first book signing at Karima's Bookstore here in South Philadelphia, 2200 South 22nd Street. And then on Saturday, November 30th, from 1 to 6, I'll be at the Victorian Banquet Hall here in Philadelphia, 4809 Germantown Avenue in Philadelphia. And the book is now available on Amazon.com, search for Pretty Duplicity. And thank you so much again for having me. And happy anniversary, ladies. I'm so excited thank for you. you. Awesome. You're welcome. Well, we thank you for having me. You are so yes. very welcome. So. And you are welcome back any time, honey. You got something on your mind? Just say, Leisha, I got something on my mind. And we got a show. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Thank you. You're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Okay, bye. I love her energy. So wonderful. So wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love it. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Welcome to Let's Chat. If you are just tuning in, hey, it's our anniversary, y'all. If you missed any of the fabulous interviews that we have had, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any podcast app, and you'll be able to listen to the replay. We have our next fabulous guest. We love when he comes into the chat room. We play his music all the time. The fabulous mm-hmm. Karen Stewart. Welcome, Mr. Jordan. Hey. How y'all doing? <laughs> we are good, Karen. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah. I'm listening to that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, so I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you how you feel in a minute about that, because you know, Karen's always is very vocal uh, yeah. about how he uh, about certain things, and so I love to get his feedback on stuff. Uh, but we want you to tell everybody what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen, because you haven't been in here in about a year. So what you been cooking? What's going on, Mr. Jordan? Congratulations, because you got married. Yay! Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Mr. Jordan. Shout out to my beautiful wife. Yeah. Um, I just been on the low, cooking up stuff. Uh, I just did a uh, deal with um, uh, Akon, uh, Convict Music, uh, Convict Cartel. So I'm gonna put my album and stuff like that out on that label. And I just been working, just just grinding, getting back into acting, working on my next book. So I just been working. So keeping it low, keeping it quiet, you know. Okay, okay. Have you been writing? Because you know you're an author too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I've been, uh, you know how you dig and dabble and keep going back and forth, so I really don't have no, uh, direction or where I really want to go with it yet, so I'm just going to keep writing until I actually get that direction, and uh-huh. once I get the direction, it, 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 it'll flow from there. I love it. I love it. I love your creativity. You know, just listening to your music and the way you your creativity flows, I listened to your songs that I saw on YouTube, and you had your video with it. Just your whole yeah. creativity and your vibe is just so over the top. I love it, though. 
I love the energy uh, that you bring in any and everything that you do, whether you're modeling, whether you're acting, whether you're making music. I appreciate it. I appreciate us, where, it where does the source of your passion come from? Um, experience. Everything, like, I can't write nothing unless it's true. Uh, I, I can't make up anything, so... I go from experiences, whether it's myself or, or, or people I encountered with uh, as a kid or as an adult or like that, and, uh, just life in general. I think in life you, you experience so many different things. And the good thing about me is that I can paint a picture of some of the experiences that I have experienced or others. So just, just from life experiences, that's where all the energy comes from. And then the people around me. You know, people around you give you motivation, and and, and you they can tell your story, or or you can tell because you know you know how it is. Like you could be around someone, and then an idea or a, uh-huh. a story will come from your past, and you're like, oh, and, and you haven't probably spoke about it in ten years, but just because yep. y'all spoke about it that time, it'll go boom, a light bulb will go, and then if you have, you have another creative juice small. That's all it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us how you got connected with Akon and his label. Um, it's funny because like he knew me since I was a kid. Um, but you know he does all his great stuff, and uh, I have a, a close uh, friend of mine. Um, he uh, he he ran with one of the Acons, uh, like one of Acons right hand mans, and and um, it's funny because I was telling my wife I was like, you know, I'm gonna uh, start this year, I'm gonna get back to the music, I'm gonna make sure all this stuff's right, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him and let him hear my stuff. And the day of my bachelor party, my boy brings Akon's right hand man. He brings him to the bachelor party. He comes. He just say, I have a great night. We had a great night. And um, he's like, send me some music. I send him some music. And like two days later, he FaceTimed me with Akon. And like, let's have a meeting. Sat down, had lunch, had a meeting. And then boom. It's on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's basically about connections. That's it. That's it. I love it. Now, I know that you listened to the previous caller that we just had on. Um, tell us your thoughts. Um, well, as a I, man. I, heard, I heard some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he sounds like he's set in his ways. From what I heard, I can't really speak on the whole general because he had a mouthful, to be honest. Like, it sounds like he mm-hmm. liked to hear himself talk. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's about evolving. Like I don't like when a man says what a woman can't do because it's nothing that my wife can't do. So I don't like that he says that. Oh, because if a woman is strong, that means a man is weak. No, nah, that, that's not true. Women are women evolve mm-hmm. in time. People don't understand how things evolve. You know, all the time. You, you know, you have. Uh, we can go from, let's say, okay, time example. They got a movie that's about to come out. You got the Harriet Tubman. And from Harriet Tubman, you can keep building up to Sojourner Truth. From Sojourner Truth, you can go to Michelle Obama. From Michelle Obama, you can keep evolving. People evolve because times change. And with times change, people change. And I think people don't have mm-hmm. – I think some generations are so stuck in their ways. And, and my grandmother used to always say that, oh, you just stuck in your ways. And, and just like people don't like to say that, LeBron is better than Jordan. Because they stuck in a way, they stuck in the past, and I think that 
people are constantly evolving as well as women are constantly evolving and everything else. I don't know what type of men he's been around because, you know, I, I know friends that haven't grown up where the father was raised by they, 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 uh, they mother and they've been with their wives for 10 years. And I know people that were raised by both parents and maybe was divorced three times or, you know, so it's to each his own when you find that one, you know, and your energy's got to, got to connect. Once your energies connect, things can go. But like I said, people get married because they're in love. Hopefully, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people usually get divorced because they usually fall out of it. And that's what I mean by things mm-hmm. evolving or things changing in uh-huh. time. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the gist of his, uh, his argument, but from what I heard, he just kept saying that men are weak or, or, or women are strong because these men are weak. And then nine times out of 10, a lot of times, and there's no shot at them, a lot of times when men keep talking about, yeah, and women be cheating, I mean, the men be cheating, and, and that's why the women is this, sometimes them be the guys that's always doing it, the ones that's always talking about it. Like, oh, you got to do this, and mm-hmm. you got to evolve, and you got to be this type of man, you got to be this, and then come to, come down to, come to find out, you be the man that's destroying women's, uh, you know, emotions and everything goes. You know, I say talk is cheap, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I said, live by experiences. But, you know, I don't think the whole that, aspect mm-hmm. of a woman being strong is because a man is weak. I, I don't get that gesture. That's what I heard. So I don't know. Maybe I could right. be wrong. I don't know. Well, you know, I was listening to uh, T.I.'s um, new podcast, and he had okay. Tiny on there. And what she was saying was that when she was growing up, when she was like 15 or 16, she was told, um, when you marry, you marry not for love, but you marry for security. And uh, he chimed in because he said, when men are growing up, we're not taught any of that. Women are taught to be strong, have Uh your own, take care of your house, take care Uh of your kids. Be successful. Like these are the things that we are taught and instilled. But yes. at the same time, the same thing is not being taught and instilled in men. And a lot of times, no. and not not every time, but a lot of times, men are told you marry down, you marry for power, you marry for a convenience. So you avoid a strong woman. You marry a woman that you can make and do however you want her to be. There are some, you know. Some really? mothers have told their sons to do that. Some mothers have told their sons to do that. But the fact really? that it it spoke to to women, but not spoken into men. What what do you think about that aspect? Because women are told I mean, to be this way. I I mean, um, I agree with the stuff that he was saying, where certain things are instilled in women to to uh-huh. to be that like for instance. Men gain, men, I believe men have compassion because of their mothers. Men know how to, you know, be emotional, I think, because of, you know, the woman. Because you have dads that, you know, uh, don't you be crying. Crying is for girls, you know what I mean? Man up. We always get that. Man up. Do this, do that. Now, I was taught differently. I was taught to, you know, be a protector be a provider, you protect, you, you, you provide, you, you, you do things for your wife, your, 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 your wife is the most important thing, you know, I was taught that way, that once you become, 
one or you're married that, that your wife is even before your mother, your grandmother, your children. That's mm-hmm. how I was taught. Right. Uh-huh. Know, uh, right. But I do agree with the fact that women are, I think, in certain households, women are always taught, I think, from the start, from your grandmother on on how to treat a man. If you think about it, like, for instance, my grandmother, you couldn't you couldn't eat until my grandfather ate. You, you, you know what I'm saying? No one in the house can eat until my grandfather ate. You could, uh, it was certain things that was just not allowed in my grandmother and grandfather's household. So uh-huh. that, of course, trickled down on my mom and my mom and dad was you you don't you don't eat until your your father eats, and then it can trickle down. But see, with me, it's like, nah, feed my daughter first, feed my kids first, like let the kids eat first. And I'm, I'm okay. Just thinking you that know? because dads are different. My daddy, my daddy, tell me in a minute. You have your own, hold your own, don't depend on no man, don't be worried about these knuckleheads. Like, your dad is the one that really instills the independence into 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 you as a woman. Like, I know my dad did. And he'll tell me to this day, listen, uh-uh, you got what you need? Like, he makes sure that you're okay. And what he tells you is, if he don't treat you like I treat you, then you don't need him. Absolutely. And so... That's that's the visual that we're given, but we're given that visual when we're smaller. Like you said, feed my daughter yeah. first. Make sure my baby yeah. is straight. Yeah. Prime example, my daughter won't get out the car until I come around and open the door for her. She'll put her bag down, and she lets me pick up her bag. I pick up her bags. I, I, I carry them. I do all that stuff. She'll stay in the car until I come around and open the door. And what what hopefully that's in the ceiling is whatever do take you out and he don't do that first of all the first thing she probably think is wait hold on my dad always opened the door for me since you're not gonna do it so i don't need that hopefully that's what uh-huh. you know she i'm instilling under that yo a man was to open the door for you and you know treat you like the queen that you are you know you're my little princess so so if, if i can treat you like this but but you know it's it is a different type of love, you know, when it comes down to apparent love and, and, and the significant other love, but it should still be the same amount of respect at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing. What, and, what do you think, T? You know, she wife 101. She's been married forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Karen? I'm, 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 I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You know, I got some thoughts over here, Leash. But um, I do want to touch on something that Karis said, as well as, you know, Jada Caller said, as far as, you know, women being strong and men being weak. You know, I'm I'm just going to open, just pull the curtain back a little bit on myself because I don't share a lot of personal online. But I do want to say that I was raised pretty much in a single household because my dad was in the Army. His, he made a career of it. So my mom raised us, you know, through our traveling and everything. So my two brothers were raised pretty much by my mom. And I can't think of any two stronger men today other than my husband. You know, my brother has been married for 27 years, and there's nothing weak about him. You know, they both have families, and they handle their business. But as far as men being weak, I think that's an individual thing. 
You know, it's not necessarily yeah. men across the board. And you got to look at things individually because each person, each man, each woman brings something different to the table. You know, and uh-huh. I, I, I got to just pull back from what Leisha said as far as women being told at a young age to not marry for love. I'm a Southern girl, and I was always taught that there's a certain way you treat your man, you know, and I try to emulate that today. I just celebrated my 27th year of marriage. But it's all in how you raise. It could be even the regions that you're raised in and how you perceive marriage. I was never told to, to, to not love my husband, and I pray that he was never told not to love me. But I think it's just a matter of what you make it your personal and how you feel. Like like Kara said, he does, his, he lets his baby girl eat first now instead of him. There's evolution through life, and it's just a matter uh-huh. of how, you, how far you take it and how where you want to take it individually. And that's just my, my, my take on it. You know, I, I may see things differently. Everybody has their own opinion, and there's no wrong opinion, but that's just my take on it. <laughs> what do you think about yeah. that, Kara? Uh, I, I agree, like what she said, like with evolution is the same thing that I was saying, like it's, people evolve, like things change. And some people, some people are scared of change. Some people can't handle change. And, you know, right. individual, like I don't know the things that this guy was experiencing because he just, like that, that's what kept sticking with me, the the weak comment. Oh, mm-hmm. well, weak is weak, this is weak, this is weak. Uh, I, don't, I don't get that, that. Why a strong woman has to be the result of a weak man? I, I don't get that. Why can't women just be strong? Right. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'll keep it But you know, uh, wife uh, is a hundred percent strong. Like one yeah, thousand. Yeah, she don't play no games. Oh, yeah, yeah, she don't play no games. She don't. First of all, when it came to me and her, you know, she don't. She didn't need me. It was like when I came in, I added on as well as she mm-hmm. did. And I think we live by mm-hmm. the thing where my 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 our life is not to sit there and make each other happy all the time. No, you know she knows that she has to make herself happy, and I got to make myself happy. Because if I'm not happy, how can I make her happy? And if she's not happy, how can she make me happy? You have to make yourself happy first. Mm-hmm. And if you're happy, that's all gonna spill all on me. And even when I can feel a little negative. You're going to give me all this love anyway that I have no choice but to smile. And that's what she does anyway. I can be sitting there and I can act like I just, I'm just, I just have one of those days. I just got a lot of my mind. She keeps asking, hey, what's wrong? What's up, what's up? And I do the same thing. And eventually we'll talk about it. And nine times in ten, nothing's wrong anyway. So, mm-hmm. and, Miss Jordan is so awesome. Yeah, that's, and that's just how she is, like, from the start. She's just really strong and she, she holds me down as well as I hold her down. So that's why I don't get the whole part about, you know, so am I weak because I have a strong wife? Well, you know what? I'm a strong man for having a strong queen. A weak, when you say weak man, I guess we should have asked the content because me, when I say, if I say weak man, um, that's a, a man that's broken. When a man is broken on the inside, he don't know who he is and he don't know whose he is. Mm-hmm. He don't know I how to be. That. He doesn't have an example of how to be. He don't even know who he is. But now he's put in a position where you get with a woman and and this woman has been told that your man has to do this, your man has to do that, and he has to do all of these things. And so now 
all these expectations that are preset are already there. Things that he don't even know how to do for himself. He don't know how to be strong for himself. How he going to be strong for you? But then that goes back on the women and the men that we choose. Because a woman is nurturing. A lot of time, if you are a nurturing woman, if you are a a um a woman like that has that type of energy, you draw in men that need to be healed because they're broken, because they didn't have a father, because they their life wasn't what they wanted it to be, what they thought it could be. They didn't have some of the things that they expected to have as kids. And some of that is just kid issues, mommy issues, daddy issues from a man that don't know how to handle all of these emotions and fix them and fix himself. So he looks for his woman to do those things for him. You know, that's a weak man because he doesn't know how to fix himself. He just knows that I don't like what it is. And sometimes, they're reactive when, when it's that type of situation. And it's not really that it's the woman that is making them feel that way. It's that they already felt that way. See, a woman can't make a man a man. He got to already be a man in order for anything to happen. And so, therefore, it has to already be in him. She can't give it to him. She can only, like you said, enhance. We can only enhance what each other has. But if you don't have it, if, the, if you are getting in relationships and you are broken, two broken people that come together, when y'all heal, that relationship is going to fail. Why? Because the intent behind coming together was not um, actual love. It was companionship. There's a difference between companionship and being in a relationship. There's, there's a difference. Right. But you got to be whole mm-hmm. yourself. You got to have that on the inside. I can't give it to you. I can't give you what you need on the inside. I can just enhance, but if you don't have it, that makes for a hard relationship. Trying to love a man that don't love himself. I'm just saying. I I want to I want to just add that to that leash because it's not necessarily relegated to the man being. And I and I try to stay away from that word being weak because it can work both ways and um. And if you really, if it really boils down to it, who determines what's whole, you know? So I also right. think that's that's why I say it depends on the individual because your whole may not be my whole, you know. Your weakness may not be my weakness, and vice versa. It, your strongness may not be my strongness, and not necessarily every woman has that nurturing vibe, you know. I've come across but every women that don't just, want to be a man that just don't have that. No, I'm not saying that they want to be a man, but I think it's each case is, is is case sensitive. You know, it has to be looked at individually. And it was interesting that you said, you know, about the wholeness. It's like who determines what's whole. What do you think about that, Karen? But I do think yeah. it's something, you know, I, and I don't want people coming away from the show thinking it, it should be one way where it should be their way. It's not necessarily our way, you know, and I just want the, I don't want the listeners to be confused and say, well, they say this and maybe I'm doing it wrong or, or vice versa, you know, I'm just, I'm just like to have every everybody's yeah. opinion on the table, 
because yeah, everybody I, can I, have a different opinion. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when it comes down to uh, a man and a woman or a woman and a man, it will always be uh, confusing sometimes because it's going to be a constant debate. It's going to be a debate okay. with men saying this and women saying that. So the, I think at the end of the day, uh, both parties got to come to some type of understanding. And even when you uh-huh. do come right. with, come to some type of understanding, you still ain't going to have the understanding because it's going to be someone that's going to say, no, that's wrong or no, this. That's why you just have to hopefully find that right partner for you that can make you a better person, you know, right. in general. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's really about, like, you know, trying to find someone that can make a better you or not even mm-hmm. just can enhance yourself. Put like this. You can have someone that can enhance you to be a better person. The things that you don't know right. that you're capable of doing can push you to becoming that person, you know, and, you know, that, that's what I'm about. I'm about, you know, evolving, trying to make my partner better as well as she's making me better and we becoming better, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. if it fails, if it fails, you know, it does. it, it never fails until two parties give up. So I think that as long as you're constantly working on it, you know, it, it'll get better. You know, you got to keep working and working and working on on your relationship with uh, women in general. Women and, and men and got to work on their relationship with women and women got to work on their relationship with men. And I think that if you continue to work at it, when you are with, when you are in a relationship, continue to work at it. I mean, ma- divorces only happen when both parties have, well, one party has to give up. Somebody has to give up for a divorce mm-hmm. to happen, you know, in any relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you start off, you lovey-dovey and everything else, and then once, you know, something happens that makes the relationship end. But if you keep working at it, oh, maybe you can find that place that can put y'all back in that happy space. Which, you know, I mean, I'm good. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm good. So that's what I got to say. I'm good. <laughs> I but love but I think that's where the evolution comes from, Terrence, as well, and, and you have to want it. You know, you both have to want what you want, and it has to be a mutual thing. But um, that's where the evolution comes as well, because you grow from each other. You're not, and, 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 and in turn, you're kind of growing for each other as well. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, Karis, just switching gears a little bit, because I know you're headed into the uh, studio. Tell us about Blue Lace. Um, so, what, what you want to know about it? I want to know concept? about it. I want to know concept? about the, okay, the so, concept, the passion behind it, okay, all of so that. The, the concept, the concept is, um, so Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, he had, he saw this Blue Lace thing called Blue Lace 1, and he had, on his last album, uh, Victory Lap, he had Blue Lace 2. And they basically tell stories about you know, life and everything else. And um, they always use that same chorus. It's a different beat, but it's a different, it's the uh, same uh, vibe of the person singing in the background. And uh-huh. when I heard it, mm-hmm. somebody, the, uh, the beat is actually called Blue Lace 3. And I was like, oh, you know, and, and what I did was I just continued it, continued the story. It's just basically stories from what I gathered from him, it's stories about the hood and things that was going on. And all I did was just add on to, you know, some of the stories, because I, I was a big fan of his, you know, be, way before he took off, I was liking him since feeling it way back in the day, so 
I was a big fan of his. So once I seen that beat, I just had to jump on it and tell a little story about, you know, what goes on. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, we're going to give people a little taste of Blue Lace. No. I appreciate it. All right. Hold on. Let's let's see what, what you was cooking in your creative kitchen over here. Hold on. Get me some of that. Ah. Yeah. It's your boy. R.I.P. to all the Polish soldiers. Get me some of that. Listen. R.I.P. Live your life to the fullest, nigga. My granddaddy said you reach, you better pull the trigger. So I pull the trigger, and I make sure it's empty. So if you wanna see another day, don't fuck with me. I felt a lot of pain, I shed a lot of tears, and it's the happiest I've been in a couple years. See, you don't know my life and all the grief inside. When my heart beat, it sounds like a car collide. I wasn't raised with love, we didn't give hugs. Some of my family don't speak, we still got a grudge. Born in the slums of Jersey. Best friends with sides and one gets killed See everybody wanna be a thug To them shots swing got you feel that hot plug Is it blue, is it red, now that nigga dead Now the coffin is your bed where you lay your head When I close my eyes, sometimes I dream of death I do so every breath that I take, Lord I know I'm blessed Into the 
studio to put some work in. We want you to shout out all of your social media where people can connect with you, where we can um, hear your music at, when your album is going to drop, and any events you got coming up. Um, everything is still uh, Karis Jordan. That's K-A-R-R-A-S, last name Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N. Um, let's see, that's Instagram. That's I probably don't do Twitter, but I'm going to start doing it. Um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all sorts of social media. Kevin Jordan uh, Inc. dot net is my um, website. Um, I'm uh, stay tuned. I'm gonna just keep dropping certain uh, things just to keep everybody knowing what I'm capable of doing. I'm gonna keep dropping that, mm-hmm. and um, this is gonna be so much more music to come. You're just gonna see a lot more music, stuff like that. I, I usually just stay humble and quiet, but now you're going to see a whole lot more of me. There's a whole bunch of lo- a lot more material is about to be put out. So you can really get to exactly who I am. Absolutely. We're here for it. We're here for it. We're here for all of that. I heard everybody saying happy anniversary. Who anniversary? It's ours. It's our it's show. Your anniversary our, for our show. Oh, our show anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Y'all doing a great Thank job, you. as usual. We appreciate Thank you. that. Thank you, you know so you're welcome much. back here anytime. <laughs> Definitely. I, next time I come, I'm going to come with a topic, a uh, real controversial topic to, to see if I can uh, Yeah, I want to create a good conversation just from both perspectives, like, you know, how people You should really bring Miss Jordan with you. You know, you know Miss Jordan is, a, is know. an author as well, y'all. She is a children's you know author and a fabulous yeah, she, radio host. Yeah, she's a uh, children's author for... Uh, um, children author for uh, my secret keeper, so you can go get that. And she's also on iHeartRadio. Uh, I'm not going to say the station because I don't want to say it wrong. Sorry, baby. Uh, but we also have uh, a, sh- a show. Matter of fact, it'd be great for us to do it because we have a show called We Need to Talk going to come out. And you already know what that means. It's, just, it's me and her going back and forth at each other. It's not no, oh, you my wife, you this. No, it's you wrong, you wrong. I'm wrong. I don't care about it. So we just go at each other. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah, we got to get y'all in here. Yeah, you definitely got to get me and her. I go in the other room and she be in the other room and we just go at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds it. like a plan. Well, we definitely going to have to send y'all some dates. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate the time no you took out of your day to come and kick it with us. It was so good seeing y'all uh, at the Oval premiere, just celebrating yeah. Trav. Uh, I appreciate you guys. He did. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me tell y'all, ladies, every every lady likes a good back. So make sure y'all watch Travis Cure in the Oval because, he, you know, he got that good back. Every lady likes a good back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We love you, Trav. We love you. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Travis. We appreciate you, and you are always no welcome back anytime. We will see you and your lovely wife very soon. Definitely. Awesome. Thanks again, Travis, for joining us. Absolutely. As he walks out, we're going to make sure that we end the show with his song, Apology. We actually play that all the time. That is our go-to song. I love the energy Mm -hmm. from it. I love the vibe he gives from it. I love the beat. Um, I love love music in general. Um, I really do love music. Mm -hmm. I I just love the craft of 
creating. Um, I love to see how people create. Uh, we have another um, a artist that I work with, Twisted Black. I love to see him create. I, I love the music he creates. I love his creative process. Um, and we have Karis on the line. Just their creative process is really dope to me. Um, my brother, he did our, our opening for the show, <laughs> Boss One, and I just love his creative process. And so I do. I just love things that are creative. I love a creative energy. And so we are going to close today's show. Thank you for kicking it with us on our anniversary, y'all. We will see y'all on next week. Next week we got a full house um, in the chat room. I believe that is our last show of the year. Um, next mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday will be our last two shows of the year. You know, we always take a break. We will be back uh in January, uh, February 8th is my event. So in January, we're going to have a lot of the um, featured authors and vendors. They're going to be able to come on the show and just do a spotlight um, and just be able to celebrate them and their product and their craft. We appreciate you guys again. Thank you all for always kicking it with ladies and let's chat. You got any last mm-hmm. words, Pete? No, I just want to thank everyone for um, making this anniversary possible. Like I said at the top of the show, without you guys, there would be no us. So we appreciate each and every ear that we touch and that tunes in and continues to tune in, Lisa. And like I said, I couldn't ask for a better partner in this line of business, and I appreciate you, girl. I appreciate you, too. And this is Karis. No apology. Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Thinking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carries your motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last time. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I freeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cold Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the top It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a break Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen 